Whoever is listening, welcome back. My name is Grayson Mann. This is the Man with the Plan podcast, episode 50. Now, alone, that number is ridiculous. It's insane. We're going to get into why it is and why this episode is going to mean so much, not just not just for me, but I hope it means a lot to you guys, those who have stuck with me along the way. We're going to get to thanking y'all in a short second. So I've been gone for a while. I think that's pretty apparent to what's been happening, where have I been. So just a couple things. Last week, and I guess the last couple weeks, there's just been this weird cold-ish thing, not COVID, so don't like freak out or anything, that's been traveling around campus and it's made its way to me and my voice has absolutely been shot for the last week. Didn't help going to the Georgia Tech game and screaming my absolute just face off, just going crazy. Just like, ah, go team, go Tigers. And while there wasn't a lot to celebrate besides defensive sacks, just turnovers and all this other stuff, I had a great time. I uh, love my Tigers as always, but I think my throat and my voice definitely paid the price for uh, this week, and it's been a couple days of recovery. So I decided I'd wait so I would be competent in talking and confident in that matter. So we're back. Episode 50 is here. Something that I sent a lot of you guys like a, over a week ago after the Pickney interview. If you haven't checked that out, Pickney, great dude. I've uh, been in touch with him. He's awesome. We have uh, reshared some of each other's stories. Just really great dude overall. I really am excited to see how he does this year with Minnesota. They're a great football team. College football, NFL, usually when you want to be a successful podcast, you want to kind of keep up with what you've missed. And boy, have we missed a lot. I think a lot of great primetime games. An example would be uh, the freaking <laughs> Ravens and the Chiefs on Sunday. Mahomes and Lamar dueled it out. I think the NFL is going to find a way to make that primetime slot every week or every year because those two quarterbacks are here to stay. They're the future and they're the face of the league. And I think that if you can get Mahomes and Lamar on the same field, even if it's just for playoffs, it's got to be primetime. It's got to be under the lights. Those guys are electric. They bring it every single snap. And I think that the Ravens showed a resiliency that I didn't think they had when they played the Chiefs in years past. Lamar threw two picks. He threw a pick six on the like literally first drive of the series. They wanted the ball. They wanted to make a statement and end up giving the Chiefs seven points. And I was like, oh boy, here we go. And Mahomes and them came out and they pretty much dominated till the fourth quarter. And the Ravens, they held tight. They stuck with what they believed in, their philosophy. They didn't shy away from it, which I can really respect with certain teams, is that they're not shying away from their philosophy. Lamar was a leader. He was a guy that got after it, and they ended up winning the game. His confidence is something that I love about him. I wasn't a Lamar guy when college football was a thing. I was like, this isn't going to translate. I didn't think he was that great of a passer. I think his leadership is something that not many people are looking at, and need, need, they really need to write an article about this guy. Just John Harbaugh, he has all the trust in the world with him. He says, Lamar, do you want to go for it on fourth down? Lamar's like, absolutely, let's do it. And Harbaugh's like, no second down, not an are you sure? He knows that Lamar's going to get it done for him. You've seen it in many NFL mic'd up situations where Harbaugh and Lamar have such a great relationship. I think if this win is telling us anything, it's that week one, it wasn't just they played a great team in Las Vegas. We'll talk about Derek Carr and one of the questions. This episode is going to be about you guys' questions. I've compiled some stuff for later. We're going to get into another topic. 
but I wanted to start with just what I've missed. Great primetime games, Lamar Jackson. The Ravens are a really fun team to watch. They're a fun team to play on in Madden, an annoying team to play on in Madden, actually. Shout out to Ethan Hirsch if you are seeing or listening to this. Your Ravens are one of my favorite teams to watch in football, and I'm really excited to see where they go this year. They looked resilient as hell. They were tough, and I really, really enjoyed it. The NFL has done a great job of presentation these last two weeks, and it's something that I haven't hit on is that they are aware that they have a lot of really great primetime games, and they're not afraid to tell you. And I think that you can complain about this, you can complain about the taunting rule and all this other stuff, the games have never been better, and I'm really, I'm a firm believer that 2020 gave us a significant more, it gave us a significant understanding of how much football means to us, how much the fans make the game what the, what it is. I think we all came out of 2020 a little more appreciative of what we got, and football and having that limited crowd, or no crowd at all depending on where they played, and the weird dates of Wednesday football and having backups having to come in because somebody got covid I think we can all say with a resounding confidence that we appreciate what has happened and how far we've come, and we're back. The fans are in the stands, the players are energetic, the plays are even better, everybody's fast, everybody's moving down the field. Ugh, you've got to love it. If you're a football fan, if you're just a sports fan in general, you love what you're seeing. It's been a really, really great first two weeks. Not a lot has really gone my way in terms of predictions, but I love what I'm seeing. I didn't think that Trevor Lawrence would struggle this much. I didn't think Zach Wilson would struggle this much. We're going to get into that in just a second. Do a little rookie report and uh, talk about Sam Darnold. But I think the NFL's really hit a home run with this. And I think if they continue to notice the momentum that they've built and continue to build on that, there's no telling what the season could be like. It's going to be special. The Super Bowl is going to be in Los Angeles in that really, really nice place. SoFi Stadium is definitely on the bucket list of places I want to visit. It, I think it's better than Jerry World. I think it's going to be a controversial opinion because Jerry World's so iconic, but I really loved it. Just the presentation of it, the way it looks, the atmosphere looks really great. I would love to be a part of that game. I remember when the Patriots played the Rams last year, and it was empty, it was quiet, and I was like, oh, there's nothing really to this, I guess. It's just a new stadium, and with fans in it, it just makes it so much better. I think the same thing is going for Las Vegas right now and why their Monday night victory was so crucial. We'll talk about that, too. Is I think that the fans really matter in certain situations. You need the fans to get rowdy on third downs. You need the fans to quiet on offense. Stim- they need to simulate those situations they weren't able to last year. I think the fans play a vital aspect of the game that we don't really talk about that much. And it's something that will continue to be impactful as long as we keep fans in the stands. So as just a overall analysis of the last two weeks, is it's been great. I've enjoyed it. I cannot wait for what's next. College football goes the same way. We had a wild first couple weeks. Clemson, Ohio State look like they're struggling. New teams in the top 10. Ole Miss, Arkansas from the SEC look to be challengers. There's a lot of new teams. Oregon, Iowa could be a whole new slate of playoff teams depending on how Alabama does. I will say, though, despite the defensive effort against Florida, Bama looks like it separated itself from the rest of the pack, which is... Per, per usual with a Nick Saban squad. Just an overall, trying to just gather my thoughts. What have I missed? What have I not talked about? Be- missing a week and a half of a, a content is tough, and I'm actually really excited to be back. So, in terms of podcast scheduling, I will try to make one next Monday post 
NFL and college, just wrap some, do some recaps, some players, some thoughts. But I want to first just say before we get into the questions is thank you. Um, 50 episodes is wild. I, I didn't know how I was going to put it all together. So I didn't make any notes. I didn't make anything. This might be a little jammed around. This might be a little messed up. It might not be as coherent. I, I didn't plan this part because I wanted it to be personal. So during the quarantine, I didn't really, I wasn't really aware of what was going on. I knew COVID was like this thing that we needed to watch for. And I would sit on those Zoom calls and hear a headmaster say, oh, we'll be back. We'll be back. And I believed it. And as the weeks kept going, I grew more uncertain and I was just sad. I needed, I needed really a hobby. I needed something to get by. I needed something to look forward to each day. And so when I came home one day from Clemson, after like a week or something with my mom and my sister, my uh, dad handed me a microphone and said, uh, well, here you go. Let's see what you can do with this. You've been talking to me about maybe doing a podcast and you've got plenty of time, so let's see what you got. And I apologize if you just heard a motorcycle. I can't control the uh, downtown streets of Clemson. And for the first episode, it was kind of, oh, I could totally do this. I was a little naive. I was a little stubborn. And I thought I would be really, really good at it. And it turns out I had a lot to learn. I got discouraged. I was like, all right, I'll just find something else to do. And time passed, and we came back to December. And I was sitting in my bed. I was getting ready to go to sleep, and I saw that if you're watching this somehow, one of my favorite college football accounts, Elite College Football, was doing a live stream with Chris Fowler, one of my f- favorite announcers of all time, and just such a weird time. I just finished my first semester of college. I was, again, bored because I was wanting to go back to school, hang out with all my guys, Matt, Jacob. I wanted to see our little group, Mackenzie, Rachel, just so many people, so you guys, shout out to y'all for being so supportive, we'll get to that in a second, and I said, I know I have the equipment, let me get back on this train, I don't want to miss out any longer, so I committed myself, I was rusty at first, my voice, my uh, equipment was perfect, but it was a learning curve, it was a process, it was first episode two, You'll, uh, it's, I think it's titled the MWAP return episode, we talked about Deshaun Watson, which is an, a very hot topic nowadays, <laughs> and why I thought the Texans would go 8-8 eight and eight to finish the year, and I was dead wrong on that. We talked about Ohio State's controversial playoff appearance, and I just remember it being like, wow, I love this so, so much. So, decided to go to the attic, and I think now would have been a nightmare, because <laughs> it, it, it gets very hot in the summer, so... I'm glad I didn't do that. Shout out to my sister for letting me use her old room as a setup for the whole summer when we finished up school. Shout out to my roommates who uh, that first, that second semester I was coming back. I think I had about 50 subscribers. I didn't have many listeners. I was uncertain. I was nervous, but they were as supportive as supportive, supportive as supportive gets. Uh, Jacob, Matt, and McGregor, if you're listening. Thanks for not just spitting it back in my face and supporting me throughout the way. You guys have been just the best friends you I could ask for. You guys are great. I want to thank a lot of people back home. I want to thank Mitchell. I want to thank Zaina. I want to thank a bunch of people who have reposted my stuff, even though I barrage you guys 
with countless snapshots of this episode's out, this episode's out, and this episode's out. And I'm asking to repost it. I want to thank Sam like as well for doing every single episode. At first, I was worried that I wasn't going to be taken seriously because why would I? I mean, I was just the the theater guy who was the sports guy too. I love to talk. Everybody knew that. And so it was just about being about being patient, being that uh finding that path to be taken seriously. And I think that I've learned that that doesn't matter. And I've learned so much throughout this experience and this process. Um I want to thank my parents for being the uh number one fans from day 1. My mom always, always giving me the best advice, always being my number one supporter, my rock. Every every time I call her, she's always got something positive to say. She's always got wisdom. She's full of it. You guys know that, uh, you guys know my mom. You know she's great, and I love her to death. My dad, who was the one if, uh, sitting here with the mic that he bought me, which was pretty clutch of him. I love my dad. Always willing to talk sports, always, uh, we don't really talk about the podcast all too much, but when I do, he's always got look at well, he looks at it from a business side, and he's always been able to help me of how I can improve myself and other topics that uh, might be of help. Uh, one of the episodes, he uh, the GM QB cycle was an idea of his, and it was a pretty damn great one, if you ask me. I think it was one of my better episodes actually. So just in summary, my parents are just the best. Um, I, I know this is all scramble. I know it's all over the place. I just wanted to thank you guys so much. 50 episodes in. We're not done, obviously. We've got so much more on the way. I am in, trying to get in contact with more people for more interviews during football season. It's going to be a little tough, but the uh, content will still be there. I'll make be making episodes. Try to make one at least once a week, barring any other random sickness. Maybe it's the silence for whatever. I don't know. Uh, to end, before we take a break... And I get a, I get some water because uh, I'm starting to feel it. I need help for my throat. Uh, I want to say that unbelievable that when I made the f- return episode that in a little over, a, I don't, I got, it's like 10 to 11 months. We'd be doing this, got over 3000 listeners. Every listener, whoever has either listened to one or all of them. Thank you. Your support means the world to me, and knowing that uh, you guys are always behind me, always got my pack, I will want to make the best kind of episodes for y'all. I want to be, hopefully, a new type of content creator, a little more optimism in our world that we need. I'm really excited about what's coming, and when I return, we're going to do some uh, questions from you guys, because I wanted to have this episode be highlighted by you guys and what you guys have brought to the table, which is just support. So I want you guys' names to be out there, be featured. A lot of thank yous are in, a lot of thank yous are deserved from you guys. I really appreciate y'all. But after this jargled mess of emotion and all that, this is the Name of the Plan podcast. Thank you guys so much. We will be right back with y'all's questions after this short break. And we are back. This is episode 50 of the Man with the Plan podcast. 50 episodes. It's insane. I wanted to shout out a couple more people before we got into the questions. All about you guys. I want to shout out my Patriots group chat. 
Mac Swag Jones is the name. I know you guys are probably cringing right now, but my boys in the Patriots group chat, I appreciate y'all. It has been the best three years of being a Patriots fan. Through all the ups and downs that's been going on with Cam Newton and then Mac Jones and then Brady leaving, you guys have been there every step of the way. You guys have been nothing but supportive about the podcast, making me feel like a celebrity sometimes, just like in terms of how excited you guys get. You guys are the best. You guys know who you are. And I can't wait for the Saints game as we uh, try to go 2-1. and one. I want to shout out Gran Aceta, who's been getting me just nothing. He's He's been getting me right since my uh, senior year. He's been one of my best friends. Always somebody I can call, somebody with a ton of wisdom, but also somebody who's not afraid to crack a joke here and there. And he's just a great guy. Shout out to you, man. All your advice, all of your uh, conversations that we've had. I appreciate you more than you know. To uh, Miss Vietri, one of my favorite interviews ever. Uh, you are amazing. You're just one of the most enthusiastic people. I wish I was as enthusiastic about you about everything. About Georgia, even though I'm still bitter about the game. Just about being supportive of the show. You've been nothing but just a great person to come to whenever I needed anything. And you've always been supportive no matter what the episode was. And no matter how much criticism I gave Kirby Smart, it's been great. Um... So I want to go to the questions, and some of those shout-outs will include some of these people that have been in the questions, because I don't, I can't obviously get to everybody, but I just wanted to shout-out a few highlight people that have been there. Um, so the first question is going to come from Mitchell, who, Mitchell, you're, I know you're listening, because you're one of the, uh, you've been there since day one. Thank you for that. You have been chasing your dreams like I have for, you've been chasing longer, you've been chasing them longer than I have. I think I'm a little late to the party, but to see all the sacrifice you've put in to this this game football, to see where you are now playing college football, it's amazing to see. I love hearing from you about your games, how far you've come, so much you've sacrificed. It's uh it's unreal, and I can't wait to see where you go. I hope that one day I'm calling your games in the pros. That would be fun. And your question was, give me some of your Heisman favorites and Dark Horse MVP candidates. As of right now. So I'm going to give you two Heisman names. I'm going to give you two MVP candidates. One of my MVP candidates is going to be a little controversial. But I'm going to take the most valuable player into consideration. So my Heisman candidates are two quarterbacks from the SEC. Matt Corral and Bryce Young. Now Matt Corral is talented as hell. He's great. He uh, slings the ball. Lane Kiffin's got the perfect offense set up for him. Bryce Young, same way, Sarke- not Sarkeesian anymore because he's a Texas, but Bryce Young has all the weapons around him. They're going to duel soon, and I cannot wait for that. That's actually going to be one of my highlighted games of the year. I cannot wait to talk about that. There's your Heisman candidates. MVP favorites, Derek Carr for the Raiders. I think that he's got them on the right track. Now, barring any collapse from Gruden or Mayock, I think Carr's got this team in the right direction. I think they're playing physical defense, creating turnovers. And I think they proved a lot beating Pittsburgh, a team that not many people thought Oakland would. I always say Oakland on the show. I feel like I just need to stick with it. That Las Vegas, they need to prove on a short week on an emotional win against a Super Bowl contender. Can they be consistent? And they were. Derek Carr is a huge reason why. My second one is Tyrod Taylor. Now hear me out. I know he's hurt and I know he's going to be out at least four weeks. But I didn't expect this from Houston. So it's about like a week and a half of playing. And I'm going to take most valuable. Do you think that David Mills would uh, lead this team to be competitive? I know that the Jacksonville Jaguars aren't really... 
isn't really much to smile about or like brag on. But I think Tyrod Taylor carries such a leadership with him and such a story. The most unlucky quarterback I've ever seen. Every step he takes, he has to take three steps back. So I'm really rooting for him. I really, really want him to do well. If he can get the Texans to be somewhat competitive, he will be one of my MVP candidates come later in the season. And Mitchell, as always, shout out to you. and Best of luck. My next question is from Addison. Addison, you've been my guy for so long. And I know you're not really a podcast dude, but uh, your support, nonetheless, means everything. And he asks, what's your floor and ceiling for the Cowboys this year? Now, this question was sent to me after the Bucks loss, and so I've had time to change my mind and kind of uh, reevaluate the situation. We actually watched the Cowboys-Chargers game together, and I think Dallas is in a very unique spot because they were able to win a game where their offense wasn't necessarily clicking, their defense made plays, made turnovers, and that's something as a Cowboys fan you desperately wanted to see led by Dan Quinn. I think if Dallas can do that against a quarterback in Justin Herbert, who's arguably making his case as a top 10 QB in the NFL in a division with Daniel Jones, Ryan Fitzpatrick slash Taylor Heineke and Jalen hurts. I think Dallas fans, they're really their ceiling is playoffs. I think they're going to win the, this division with ease. And that's really, I, I feel like I need to knock on wood for that because you just never know. But they looked good. They look good on offense when they need to Dak Prescott is back their floor they could potentially win the division and be like seven and nine. I just don't see this team not succeeding this year. I think they've got too talented of a roster and they've got an easy path to the playoffs. This next question comes from Mia. Mia, you've been one of my best friends since K4 and your support means so much. Thank you for letting me actually come hang out with your friends and tell them about my, uh, my story, my podcast. It's always nice to be introduced to new people who are excited about what I'm doing. And I want to thank you for that. Way too early Super Bowl prediction from you. Now, in the NFC, I'm going to have to slot in the most obvious of picks in Tampa because I think that they look like a juggernaut. They have the same roster from last year. They look unbeatable. In the AFC, I have Baltimore. I really like what Lamar's doing. We said this in the earlier slot of the show. His leadership will lead the Ravens in a way I did not expect. I think Cleveland will probably compete for the division, might win it, but I think Baltimore is a dangerous team to look out for in the wild card that could make a significant run. If Lamar has the receivers around him and Sammy Watkins, Bateman, and Marquise Brown, and they can pass and have an extra dimension to their offense, they're the best team in the AFC, especially with the Chiefs' defensive concerns. This one comes from Hunter, who has kind of been like a hype man. Hunter, you've been one of my guys since day one. You've always been supportive of the show, listening to every episode. You are one of my uh, favorite people to talk to when I need hype. Your question, is Jameis Winston a week one fluke or ready for the role? I think this year is going to be a tough year for Saints fans. I think they're going to be very back and forth. It'll be Jameis Winston's first year in a new offense. I think we're going to get some Jameis Winston-like games, and we're going to get some fantastic performances. I think for uh, the Saints, it's going to be about defense, controlling the ball, and limiting Winston's mistakes. I think he's ready for this type of role. I just don't know if him in his terms of production will match what they need to win the division and beat the Bucks. I don't see Winston as a quarterback that can lead this team to the playoffs yet. I might change my mind in a couple weeks, but having the uh, up and down performance in these last two weeks, it kind of shows me what this team could be this year. And 
right now I'm kind of stagnant on the answer. I don't really know what to say. But uh, I will let you know in a couple weeks what I think. Because I think these uh, weeks 3 through 6 are going to be very telling for him. Is it going to be consistent or is it going to be up and down? This one comes from Mac, my bro. Legitimate bro. <laughs> You've been my guy since day one, literally. I say that like in the most literal sense. You've always been supportive of the show. You've always been asking to get on the show to talk your uh, recruiting, your fantasy. Um, I love you, man. Thank you for all your support. It's just enough said with that one. Falcons. What do they need to rebuild, and what is your prediction for this year? They actually kind of surprised me with week two. They were a little competitive with the Tampa Bay, the team that was the almighty gods of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. The Falcons are an interesting squad. I think that they have a lot of pieces that would make any team a playoff contender, but they also have a lot of holes that would make them a bottom five team in the league. I think the Falcons are going to have a rebuilding year, to say the least. I think they'll be competitive. They'll score points. But I think what they need to do is establish the future after Matt Ryan. I think Matt Ryan's a great quarterback, but I think you need to see what other options are. There's a lot of explosive QBs coming up. Carson Strong, Matt Corral, uh, Malik Willis from Liberty. I think there could be a lot of really strong contenders that don't have to necessarily start right away and learn under an Arthur Smith team that could be get better and better as the years go on. They need to revamp the offensive line. Matt Ryan cannot take those hits. If you're going to stick with him, you got to make sure he's protected. That's the key for him and for this Atlanta team. I think they'll be competitive, but it'll be another growing pain type of year. This question comes from Graham, and it's like a multi-question. Rodgers had a really depressing week one performance. Does he come back from this slump, or are the Packers going to lose their NFC crown? Now, you saw against Detroit that uh, he was all right. He did the R-E-L-A-X type thing, the relax, guys. I got this. And uh, I think that the Packers are going to be a weird team this year. I think that you can't go through an offseason of being the center of attention, diva-like, if you will, going after your organization, not preparing for what's coming, I think against really good teams, this team will struggle. And I think as the year goes on, they'll get better. But I think that uh, this last dance thing, this scenario, they're going to get beat by a team like Tom Brady who wants it more. It's going to come down to that. Does Rodgers want this for the Packers? And I don't think he does. Mikey asks about the Steelers. And you just wanted me to talk about the Steelers and their season. So the Steelers are an interesting team. They came out and beat Buffalo week one, and then they lose to a really good Vegas team. I think it all comes down to Big Ben, the running game, and the offensive line. Can they protect Big Ben? Can they move the ball down the field with their receivers? Can Najee Harris take that next step, which I think he's perfectly capable of doing? I think that Pittsburgh has got a top 10 defense, love a Super Bowl defense for years to come. TJ Watt, so many great players. But I think the Steelers are just a, in a weird spot because I think Roethlisberger is not the guy that you want to rebuild your entire franchise around and make that next step to the playoffs. You start 11-0 and and collapse and lose in the first round, it just doesn't really look like this is a team that can sustain wins against a Chiefs team or a Ravens squad or a Browns squad. But we'll see. That defense is tough, and we'll, they've definitely competed in these first couple weeks, especially against a Buffalo team that I thought was going to be the clear AFC favorite, was now the, the brunt of the joke, in a way, with Josh Allen struggling to move the ball against them. So the Steelers are an interesting team to watch for, Mikey. This last question comes from Madison. Why did you start the podcast and what made you grow into the person you are today? Or what did it do to make you grow 
and the person that you are today. So I started the podcast as a hobby for the pandemic, as I uh, said before. And uh, I like saving this one for last because I uh, think I've learned a lot with this show. And what I think that uh, I've become, I don't like saying, oh, I've become this and I'm this guy because of all this. I think I've learned to take criticism in a much better way. I think everyone that surrounds you and gives you helpful advice, they're going to sometimes tell you that, hey, you could do better. Or, hey, maybe I'd change this and I think it'll make it even better. I think that I've learned that nobody's trying to tell me you suck and that you're the worst ever. I've learned to take that in stride and take people's advice and not get offended by people telling me, hey, I think you could do this better. Hey, you could do maybe this topic differently. Approach it that way. Maybe change it to this sound setting. I've been able to take certain advice and criticism and learn that it's not all on me and that I have people around me who care about me and who are willing to help. And I think my mom is listening to this and laughing her, just laughing out of her mind because it's been a constant struggle, especially early on because I was very prideful about the show and I didn't think anybody else could do better than me. And I uh, am willing to admit that. But I think I've learned that uh, it's not all on me and I can definitely do a better job if I surround myself with people that care about me. So thanks for that question, Madison. So that wraps things up for uh, episode 50. You guys have done so much for me in such a short time. I can't thank you guys enough, again, for all that you guys do, all the support. It means everything to me. We're going to keep pushing strong. We're going to keep continuing to grow this channel, grow this community. I can't wait for what's coming. This is the Man with the Plan podcast. Have a fantastic week. And as always, take care.